one being the least amount of hunger, 10 being the most amount of physical hunger and somewhere in the middle being like not really hungry. And that's kind of like the trigger of the lower end of the scale would be, am I eating for other reasons? And then the upper end of the scale would be, I'm definitely hungry. Hello, meat eaters and vegetable eaters are totally welcome to listen on this one too. <laughs> welcome to episode 128 of the supersetyourlife.com podcast. We are honored and blessed once again to be joined by the one and only 15-year carnivore keto veteran and nutritionist, Danny Conway herself. Last year on episode 63 of our show, put a link to that in the show notes, we discussed her story and experience in helping people optimize their hormones, increase their gut health and fat loss, and much through much more through a meat-based diet. She successfully healed her own body with a carnivore diet approach from hormonal issues, digestive issues, even improving your own mental health. So we talked about that on episode 63. So maybe check that out if you're new to the show. Or better yet, you should follow her on the gram, and that is at carnivore.keto.fitness. Danny, welcome back. How have you been? What's the hottest projects that you're working on lately? <laughs> Thanks, Cole. Thanks for having me back. It's a pleasure to be here. Always, I always love talking to you and your lovely wife, even though she's not here at the moment. Um, just uh, excited to be back and chat some more keto carnivore. My journey did officially, full disclosure, start with keto and then carnivore along the way. Um, and then as far as, you know, Mine just... Too. Yeah, continuing on that uh, current projects. Gosh, so I feel like so many things. I run group programs, so always optimizing that. Um, looking at how I can optimize uh, more of the functional testing work that I do for my clients, and optimizing my own time spent doing all of that stuff. Right? I'm sure you can relate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, we, we were just uh, for everybody listening. We were just talking on the air um, more so about business before we even we even started, but. Um, but 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 on a business note, I just gotta tell you, Danny, when I was going through your Instagram and your link tree and everything, I was just like, wow, this is so professional. Like, I need to step up my game. She has been you've been doing this for you've been not only a carnivore, but also coaching for 15 years, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Thank you. And yes, I've been in practice actually 16 years this month, March. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Um, okay, let's just jump right into it if that's all right. Got a question here that I would love to run by you by, uh, this is actually a pretty urgent question regarding the blood work of a lady that we are training in Toronto, Ontario. So would it be okay if I ran her concerns um, and questions by you just for your opinion? So just for anyone who doesn't know, I look at blood work on a an almost daily basis. And when I say look at blood work, I do functional evaluation. So always looking for optimal ranges versus normal. So your doctor might tell you you're normal and that's all good. Um, but I tend to notice that, you know, even if we're in the normal range, you can still not feel super optimal. And that's kind of one of the things that started me down a path, down this path, looking for something different years ago when I had a lot of other symptoms and struggles. So um, that being said, yes, happy to uh, maybe cover or answer someone's question regarding blood work. <laughs> awesome. And and on that subject, actually, would it be okay if I asked my, so I was going to ask you this afterward, but this would probably be a better segue into it is what should clients pay attention to concerning their blood work when engaging on a meat-based diet? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it's going to vary for each individual person. Um, and, you know, I definitely don't have a one size fits all approach. And I tend to encourage people to steer clear if they are, you know, listening to following someone who is, you know, giving everyone the same advice, because it's all going to be in context of the individual person. Um, so that being said, I think just in general, um, some of the things that tend to be a little bit surprising by those on a, you know, meat based keto carnivore diet, uh, tend to be the B vitamin markers. So I see that off a lot. Um, it can be either, you know, the amount of B vitamins that we have or our body's ability to use those B vitamins. And that can present with low energy levels, um, hair loss, just to name a couple of things. Um, so those are a couple of the surprising markers or those are, that's one of the surprising markers that I see often. Um, another one is vitamin D. So I hear from a lot of people who are saying like, oh, I get sun for, you know, I get my sunshine 20 minutes in the morning, 30 minutes a day, um, or they might even be taking a vitamin D supplement and yet their vitamin D is still low. 
So just realizing that we have vitamin D receptors on every cell in our body and it's super helpful for the immune system. And these days, I mean, the, the autoimmune thing is rampant, uh, especially. So when your immune system is overtaxed, you're going to need to uh, make sure that those levels are optimized as well. So uh, let's see, B vitamins, vitamin D. Um, and then I think just overall like liver kidney function. So looking at those markers through the lens of, you know, what's happening with the person now, but also like what they were doing prior to keto or carnivore. And I think that's especially important to, you know, if someone's been keto or carnivore for let's say two months, three months, even six months is those, that blood work that they run those initial months, um, may or may not look that great. And it may or may not have to do with keto or carnivore specifically versus what they were doing prior to. So making sure that you have a baseline, but also in context of the person, the symptoms and everything that they might have going on, and then kind of use that uh, blood work moving forward again as that baseline and make adjustments from there. Wow. Thank you so much for that. I'm so glad that was on recording too, not just for our listeners, but for me. And I'm definitely going to be writing more notes on that as I go back and edit that. So awesome. Thanks so much. On the on the vitamin D, quick question, yeah. if I may. Um, I take a pharmaceutical grade vitamin D and a plant-based vitamin D, and I don't know which is better. So I just take both, hoping that one of them really does a trick. <laughs> uh, every time that I get my blood work back from my doctor, he always says that my vitamin D is, uh, very, very low. Um, I also don't get a lot of sunlight, you know, me working 12 hours a day right now. And so, um, getting to go outside <laughs> is, uh, can, can be challenging. Um, and we don't have a lot of sunlight at the moment anyway, but yeah, I'm, I'm curious if, if the, if there's a specific type of supplement that you would recommend. So I do like liquid vitamin D supplements. I think any type of liquid, especially if there's someone who has any type of um, GI distress, history of digestive issues, anything like that, liquids always are going to be more bioavailable. Mm -hmm. But also with vitamin D is the the carrier oils and the added ingredients. And so this, this does go for, for many supplements, but specifically just because we're talking about liquid vitamin D is you want to check the carrier oils and then the added, the added ingredients, if there are any. Um, and if in a situation like yours, if you say like you're taking these two forms or brands or whatever they are, and your D is constantly low, then I would look at maybe switching brands and then kind of going from there. Okay. Awesome. Yeah, because it it definitely helps. It definitely it, de it definitely has been raising my levels of vitamin D. Mm -hmm. But um, <laughs> yeah, I think I'll just keep using both and um and 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 take that suggestion too. Thanks so much for that. Um, okay. The other thing, just for a second, Cole, if I can just comment on another thing on that. The other thing too is the dosage. So like when I have clients who are low on vitamin D, I like to see optimal range between eighty and a hundred. Uh, your doctor will tell you that 35 is normal and it's not. <laughs> um, and so with that being said, also with the, with the protocol or the titration of the sup the supplement. So I tend to start people a little bit on the higher side for a few months and then titrate down and kind of test things sometimes along the way. And then other times when they're finished with their protocol to see how things are going. Okay. Awesome. Great. Thank you so much for that. Um, we're finally going to get to this Toronto gals question now. <laughs> okay. So she sent me a DM and said, hi coach. Um, I got my lab work result recently and my family doctor insisting that I should stop doing what I am doing now. She's on a, a ketogenic meat-based diet. And so um, if, th if there's anything about her macros or anything that you'd like to know, Danny, I've got it all right here in front of me. But um, she says, she let me eat a lot of fiber and minimal fats and protein. My cholesterol is 400 and my creatine is also high. Vitamin B12 is extremely high too. Is it okay to stop my program with you? I'm scared of my results. I want to listen to my doctor first and follow her advice. I will let you know if my blood work will get better in the future and will ask again for your guidance. Sorry for the inconvenience. I'm just really scared and worried right now. And so, um, yeah, that's bas that's basically a summary of... Okay. All right. So let's let's kind of um, unpack this for a second. So first and foremost, um, I can never tell anyone just like I'm sure you tell your clients that, you know, we can't override any doctor recommendation. Oh, yeah. So 
Yeah, I, I, will, I will take your physique from point A to point B with right. the carnivore diet. You will improve their health with the carnivore diet, but we're not doctors. <laughs> of, course, of course. So with that being said, you know, I always want to know the why, right? So why is her B12 a certain way? Why isn't her body use, utilizing it? Why are, you know, why is the cholesterol elevated, um, you know, at that level? What is her thyroid doing? What are the hormones doing? Like all of those hormones are steroid hormones. So cortisol, sex okay. hormones, progesterone, progesterone, estrogen, testosterone, all those hormones need cholesterol to function and to be synthesized because that's where they start from. Yes. So if cholesterol is high and her hormones are off. Well, why isn't her body converting that? So there's a lot of, um, sort of why are these things happening? That would be my next recommendation for this gal to start to look into rather than just operating from fear. Uh, when we operate from fear on anything, whether it's what a yeah. doctor says, what I say, what you say, the program's never going to work, you know, um, hard truth, but that's kind of it. Like your mindset is, you know, the first thing in our body, here's everything our mind says. So if, we're operating from a fearful place. Guess what? The body's going to hear. I'm scared. You know, you know, the cell danger response, all these things are going to start, you know, happening that we don't want to happen. So I would start, I think the in a nutshell, because I don't know this gal, but just kind of like, you know, what I would suggest next is that she start to really investigate why and ask her doctor why. And if that doctor can't answer those questions, then maybe look for, you know, another functional type practitioner that can, you know, help her with those answers to figure out if, you know, if this way of eating is, is going to work for her. I mean, I, you know, of course, sort of we're biased, right? Keto carnivore. That's how we've both. Yeah. <laughs> Very much so. <laughs> and with clients. So with that being said, you know, is that going to be a better way of eating than probably what others are recommending or, what maybe her diet was prior. Sure. But again, goes back to the the foundation and figuring out the why, and then having the mindset to want to go in whichever direction is, you know, feels the best for that person. Mm -hmm. Do you, do you think that it would be a wise decision for me and a responsible decision as a coach to um, ask if for, for her doctor to call me and so that I can say, Hey, look like this is, I'm the one that's writing her. I'm the run that's writing her nutrition plan. What's not cool about this? Why is this, is, is there, what do you specifically not like about what she's consuming right now? Um, so I definitely think that that's a reasonable, those are reasonable questions <laughs> and yeah. you may or may not get a reasonable answer from, <laughs> you know, from the doctor, because the reality is like their training is not nutrition, right? So their training is, this is what this says. And here's a, you know, here's a bandaid there. They don't, they're not trained to find the why. And we tend to hear criticisms about that, but the reality is like, that's what, that's what they're supposed to do. So we can't really get frustrated when they're actually doing what they're trained to do. It's just, we have to look at other, other ways. So I think that, and look, don't get me wrong. There's also doctors out there that would be willing to have that conversation with you. And I think that's a great place to start. And at that point you can see if, okay, is the doctor going to converse with you about it or is, you know, I also think that the, it's not always on you. I think the client should also be having the conversation with her doctor to figure out like where, what, what he's, he or she is wanting the, or recommending from the client instead of what, you know, what you're saying for that person to do and then kind of go from there. That's awesome. While that's still fresh in my head. Hey, Vinia, um, Danny Conway's right here. And guess what? Um, I'm going to have your doctor call me if that's okay. <laughs> would you mind giving them my uh, cell phone? And yeah, anything that they would like to know about what you're eating, let's have that conversation. So we're on the same page. Thanks so much. All right. Um, may we switch gears? Yeah. Okay. I want to send you a gift. <laughs> Um, either a finishing salt or something to cook with. So what kind of salt do you use and why? <laughs> um, so I use uh, sea salt and we use sea like uh, sea salt. Uh, Aztec salt is the brand that I use. And we also use smoked sea salt. Um, I know that you use the Celtic. Oh, you do? Okay, good. Good. Oh, yeah. And I've used that brand on and off for a lot of years too. So I always love seeing your what you guys are doing with it and all the salts that you have and all of that. Yeah, yeah, we're, we're we're super nerdy about our salt our, our salts here. Uh, more specifically, me. <laughs> um, okay, 
So, you know, so, so do you, do you kind of like go for more, more for like texture or like, are you thinking more about the ingredients and are, and are you th- like, what, what's important to you in, in, in a salt? Are, are you, are you thinking like, Hey, I need X, Y, Z minerals. So yeah, I go for this brand or just like, uh, this tastes great on this steak. And that's the end of the story. <laughs> yep. Tastes, this tastes great on this steak. And that's the end of the story. So I don't have to worry about, um, you know, I use good quality salt, so I don't worry about what minerals they have, what they don't have, that kind of thing. Um, and I think, again, it's just kind of like, okay, this is a salt I like on this steak. You know, a good salt should help enhance, of course, it's going to add a salty flavor, right? But a good salt should also enhance the flavor of the meat or whatever you're putting it on, um, not rather than just like add too much salty flavor, so to speak. Have have you Have you had... Celtics smoked river salt. No, I have not. Oh, well, you're about to. And if your address hasn't changed since the last time that we chatted, then I'm going to say. Yeah, you still have it. That's right. (laughs) Awesome. Another question for you. Uh, I've been receiving a lot of DMs of my food stories lately with very well-meaning followers asking if it's safe to consume pounds of pork belly and chicken thighs lately because apparently the type of saturated fat can be harmful in those large quantities and that beef fat is safer in those large amounts. Chicken thighs are cheap, practical, and easy to prep, so it's more out of convenience as steak tends to run up the bill. <laughs> uh, so do you have any thoughts on this? Um. So yeah, my thoughts have kind of gone back and forth over the years on this question, and I know, and I know that there's a lot of controversy and uh, you know, different information out there about meat quality, food quality, fat quality, all of that. Um, and I think at the end of the day, I still feel like eat the meat that, you know, that you can afford and that works for your body. So if you feel fantastic eating pork belly and chicken, go for it. If you feel fantastic eating steak and ground beef and, you know, whatever steak you tolerate or feel tastes good and feels good as far as like energy goes, go for it. Um, I think that we can, you know, the carnivore diet isn't, is a great elimination diet. And I think that there's times where we need to look at, and I'm, let me just say, like, I'm a full believer in variety. So variety of meats, variety of seafood, um, because we're already cutting out a lot of foods, variety of salt, woo, variety of salt, of course, too. Right. And I think like within that variety, there are going to be some people who need to limit, certain foods because of histamine issues or whatever's going on. Um, and still just because you eliminate a certain food, cause you have a histamine issue, you know, again, root cause, right? So eliminating the food is not finding the root cause of why the digest you, why your digestion is as such that you have the histamine issues to begin with. So just going back to your question, I would say if those foods are causing reactions and inflammation, then don't eat as much of them. If they make you feel really good and energy and satisfied when you're eating them, then continue eating them. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Because I'm definitely feeling inflamed right now, but Mm -hmm. I've also had pneumonia for the last week as we were just talking about. So um, that sounds like something I'll probably have an easier time figuring out next week, but that's my project. That's totally my project now. So I appreciate that. Okay. Sure. Uh, because, uh, uh, yeah, because I've been, you know, eating pretty much the same thing every day, just out of convenience. And so maybe having a couple days of, I mean, really a, a good fatty steak has pretty similar macros to chicken thighs. So, I pro- mm-hmm. so I'd probably be able to just kind of keep everything the same and probably make that swap without having to change anything else too much. Yeah. And, you know, you're going to get some different uh, vitamins and nutrients and, and that kind of thing too. So, yeah. And I mean, like, which is better, steak or chicken thighs? I mean, definitely steak is better. So Yeah, I mean, steak is more delicious for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is sound like a better and better idea the more that we talk about this. Cool. Speak, uh, I'm getting hungry. Speaking of being hungry, when you get yeah. hungry, yes. how do you personally identify whether you are underfed, overtrained, stressed about life, bored, or like you should genuinely eat more than planned? Yeah, I love this question. So um, I think, first of all, it's important to acknowledge that hunger, and I get asked this a lot, so I'll share on this too, like hunger cues can come in different forms. They can come in the form of your stomach growling. They can come in the form of feeling like your blood sugar is a little bit off, maybe a little high, a little low. Uh, They can come in low energy or low mood. 
So oftentimes I share um, in my Instagram stories that like in the afternoon uh, for my lunchtime, like my lunch hunger cue is not my stomach growling. It's usually lack of focus and low energy. And so there's times where I'll say like, oh, I could just like, I could push through that if I wanted to. Um, But then I've gotten to the point where I recognize that. So I know that eating is the best thing for me to do, to be able to, you know, be on point for the rest of my day with clients and work and all of that. Wow. Yeah. So learning that hunger cues can look like different things other than stomach growling, low, you know, low energy, like I said, low mood, uh, lack of focus, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, but also then, so the other thing about hunger cues too, is that, and I teach this with a lot of my, my clients is just kind of looking at a hunger scale, like on a scale of one to 10. So one being the least amount of hunger, 10 being the most amount of physical hunger And somewhere in the middle being like not really hungry. And that's kind of like the trigger of the lower end of the scale would be, am I eating for other reasons? And then the upper end of the scale would be, I'm definitely hungry. So, you know, I use that hunger scale, the same scale that I coach my clients to use. And just sort of in that moment, it's kind of like a 30 minute, you know, self-talk of like, how physically hungry am I? And if it's below that, you know, I would say below five and a half, five and a half or below is looking at, okay, what am I being triggered by? Am I stressed at the moment? Is there something that just upset me? Am I frustrated with some type of situation? And I'm kind of like reaching for food as an alternate, like coping mechanism, basically. Um, And then kind of looking at that six or above as I never want someone to get to 10 because that's too hungry, right? That's where we're starving and we don't make good choices. Um, But sort of in that six and a half, seven, seven and a half uh, place on that scale is where we can know that food is what we need and we're going to make good choices. We're going to look at our macros if we're tracking them and decide like what works for us food wise at that point, if we haven't planned ahead. Um, and kind of go from there with sort of like, uh, evaluating, uh, you know, the best time to eat and then kind of looking at, you know, what are the triggers if, if we're feeling hungry, but we're not really physically hungry and what those triggers are that created that desire to go grab something to eat, but really we shouldn't eat. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) That's, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's a really, really cool, um, I guess, linear perspective on, on, on how on how to identify where you're really at on that because it's so hard to tell sometimes to it, you know this is March yeah we, we got through January and February <laughs> but January and February are typically the times of the year that most people kind of go through depressions and anxiety and stuff and uh you know for you and me it's kind of the bit kind of the busy season as 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 um as fitness professionals right. but man it's hard it's it's hard to tell like if am I am I Am, am I really hungry because like, I really need to eat more food um, or am I hungry because I'm just stressed or am I bored or did, or, or am I just smelling something that smells really, really good? Like uh, freaking Taylor was making keto waffles earlier today <laughs> and she, and she, and she knows the rule. If I, if I cook something that smells that good, I got to make extra. And if she cooks something that smells that good, she's, <laughs> there's got to be extra. And so the last thing she told me when she was taking the kids out to the park right now was she was like, there's two waffles there for you. And I'm like, heck yeah. Thanks, babe. So keto waffles. Don't worry. <laughs> um, and I think too, like going back to the seasons, what's interesting about, you know, I, th- I agree with what you said. January, February is kind of like, I think it goes two ways. Some people have a little bit of those negative feelings that you were just describing. And then it also is sort of a more exciting time of year for some people because they're super motivated come January, February. And yeah. now in March, that motivation might, you know, might be wearing off. It might have worn off already, like the newness of whatever they started because this year was going to be the year and now it's not the year. So I think that kind of looking at, you know, those habits and why that sort of happened is, you know, again, the why the root cause is a key. Yeah, I got I got two or three people that I'm training right now that are kind of discouraged about their lack of weight loss over the first couple months um and then when you see the bot and then when you see the dexa scan or the body scan that shows like the actual fat to um muscle ratios that have been changing that's encouraging but um i don't know i don't know how how you do your plans but but that's that's kind of been one of the other things is 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 to your point it's like as if you've been on a diet plan and you're not seeing the exact results that 
you maybe wanted to see quite yet, then um, it's still early. It's still early to tell, and you can be kind of going through that burnout phase. So that's the time to start putting like new exercises in their workouts, new foods, that kind of stuff, and kind of help them, you know, stay engaged and everything. Um, but most of the fat loss happens in, in, in our workout plans for a six month ketogenic plan, like around two months in. Yeah. So. And so what I like to say with my clients, you know, and maybe you've heard me say this before, maybe I said this on our first video, I don't know, our podcast, um, but you know, weight loss happens as a byproduct of the body being healthy and in balance. Mm -hmm. And, you know, because I do a lot of root cause work with, you know, symptoms, thyroid, adrenals, lack of weight loss, weight loss stalls, all of that stuff um, digestive issues, especially, um, you know, that's a key factor as well. And I think like we live in a world of, of instant gratification, right? So if it's not happened in the first weeks, like in the first few weeks, like what is wrong? I need to fix this, all of that. Um, but what we don't, what, and maybe you can, you know, if you find this in your guys's practice and your coaching, like the body adapts. So you can't, you know, what worked before might not work now. And what worked for a few weeks, you still might have to shift. And, you know, you can't lift the same five pound weight every single time for eight weeks and expect something to change. Right. So, you know, that sort of progression, or as we could speak in fitness language, like progressive overload is always changing something and continuing to change something. So the body, you know, doesn't adapt and you're continuing to create a new stimulus. Yeah. Awesome. Thank, yeah. Thank, thank you very much for that. Hey, everyone. Um, Coach Taylor Milton here. Welcome to Skull Bells TV, the official YouTube channel of supersetyourlife.com, where you're going to discover a weekly upload of quick and easy to follow workout tutorials featuring Coach Colt, myself, or one of our athletes to keep your workouts fun, practical, and effective. Our family's latest keto carnivore recipes that fuel Colt's competitions and keep myself and our kiddos strong and healthy video uploads of the supersetyourlife.com podcast now over a hundred episodes your weekly dose of entertainment education and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym and much more last thing before we get into the video we're asking a big favor from you this has been working beautifully so if you would please think of someone you care about that would benefit from this video go ahead and smash that like button click the share button and text this video to them that would mean the world to us. And while you're at it, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss more exciting content from School Bells TV because our team has lots of meat and lots of muscle coming your way and I promise you won't wanna miss it. When you hit the subscribe button, you'll see a bell icon pop up. You wanna click that too so you're notified every time we release a new video. Thank you so much for the support. It means the world to us. Every like, share, and subscription helps our channel grow and supports our family's hard work. So thank you so much for doing your part too. That's all we ask. God bless you and please enjoy this video. Okay, so here's like a good example of some of the, just a couple of the questions I get. And yes, I do a lot of Q&A on my um, Instagram and I actually have a Keto Carnivore Facebook group as well. So I do some live videos and stuff in there. Um, but, you know, as far as the questions, I think like, you know, I get a lot of hormone questions. I get a lot of like, can I have this on carnivore? And honestly, like, because, you know, we're talking I hate that question. I just hate the way the question's worded. <laughs> I know. And so it's, it's, you know, this morning, uh, full disclosure, this morning I got the question, can I add fruit and vegetables on carnivore? It's like, you can, and then it's not carnivore. Like right. we have to draw the line somewhere. And I think that that's a problem with some of the misinformation that's out there is that you can absolutely add fruits and vegetables. And there are people that thrive on those foods. Let's just be real, right? Like I always say, like, if plants are trying to kill us, they're doing a terrible job. <laughs> so, you know, I might get butchered for that and I don't really care. I have a lot of unpopular opinions, as you know. Um, but yeah, that you'll, you'll, get, you'll get kicked off the carnivore team. If you say statements, statements like that, the carnival police will be knocking at your door. <laughs> oh, right. I always say like, I'm not letting them in. So anyway. <laughs> you know, like we just have to be clear with, with things like fruit and veggies. Okay. So that would be keto and you can have those if they make you feel good. That's great. Um, and if you're, you know, another, other questions are like, I'm eating fat and gaining weight. So context, how much fat are you eating? How much protein are you eating? How much movement are you doing? Are you adding three sticks of butter a day to the already whatever two pounds of meat you're eating? You know, like there's so much context that's missing a lot of the time. Um, and so, you know, just going back to questions, I mean, and lots of digestive, you know, stuff on digestion as well. 
Um, and you know, all those things are sort of like my, my favorite topics. So I love all the questions on them, but I think we just needed to get, you know, get the context right too. <laughs> yeah. And, and, I, and, I, and I, would, I would even have to add uh, progress pictures on the, on, on the top of that too, is uh, in, in addition, I mean, it's, you know, me, me being the aesthetics guy and, and I have a, um, most of my clients have kind of a different goal than what your clients do, but, um, but pictures it's like okay yeah you weigh exactly i'm just throwing out a random number 250 pounds you weigh exactly 250 pounds still after a month okay before and after picture see how your waist is smaller and you got it and and i gotta put the pictures like right next to each other okay i'm like okay waist was bigger here now it's smaller shoulders look at your shoulders do you see the difference and That's always something that you got to factor into. So, yeah. And I think it's, it's hard. Like my clients have, they do have aesthetic goals, not competition prep. Like, so it's that part is different. Um, But again, it's looking yeah, at competition prep. You start to sacrifice health to a certain point. <laughs> so, you know, that body composition though, especially with the women I work with. So, you know, my, most of my clients are between the ages of like 35 and 40 to 65 to 70 Um, have, you know, wanting to rebalance thyroid and, uh, you know, menopausal type stuff, hot flashes, night sweats, insomnia, you know, weight plateau, all of that. Um, and so I think that there is, you know, a, a value to looking at the aesthetic and the body composition, right? So we know you and me know that, you know, why should we have muscle mass? It's the most metabolically active tissue that we have, you know, longevity, joint health, like there's all the reasons. Um, but also like, looking at and I think, you know, we kind of talked about this, or we've talked about this before of like, it's like, the protein, protein and fat, the great debate, right? Like, which is better? Well, which is yeah. better is whichever is better for you as the individual person based on your activity level, your goals, your hormone status, your, you know, digestive capacity, the list goes on. So again, like one size never fits all. We're, I think you were the first influencer that I heard that from. When I first heard about you on a podcast like a year ago, you said one size doesn't fit all. And I've and, I, and I've really taken that to heart ever since that, that you said that. I mean, you, you're absolutely right. I mean, a third of the people that I'm training right now, that they have carbs in their diet. And I really try to push them towards sweet potatoes and, you know, more paleo friendly um, carb sources and, and whole food sources that'll keep those insulin level uh, levels low and, and give them all those nutrients that they need. Um, but I mean, at, at the end of the day, the carnivore diet is, is, is wonderful. I think everybody should do it. I think everybody should at least try it and whether or not you should do it long-term, I don't know. Maybe that's, 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 kind of, that's kind of up to you, but you'll never know until you try it. When people are like, oh yeah, no, I feel, I eat X, Y, and Z and I feel great. I feel really good. I'm like, okay, have you ever tried not eating sugar? Just go a month without sugar. Then tell me how you feel. You'll feel better. You'll feel way better. <laughs> yeah. And on that note, you know, one of the things that I always, uh, tell clients and really just in general is like part of my main, I have a lot of, well, I have a lot of main goals for clients and two of them specifically are sustainability and results. So if that means that somebody can eat carnivore and that's feel sustainable for them long-term, then great, let's go for it. If someone, like you said, you know, would benefit from carnivore as an elimination diet and then work to add foods back in based on whatever they have going on and what they tolerate. And that's going to give them the best results. Then I'm all for that too. So Mm -hmm. I think it's important to sort of take that, uh, you know, approach and look at again, the why, why does someone need to eliminate the foods? What's the root cause? Why can someone add them back in? Do we, fi- do we fix the root cause and rebalance? You know, it's about rebalancing the body from the inside out so that they can get the results that they're looking for. Awesome. Could we go through like, like a real, just quick um, case and uh, hypothetical case scenario. Okay. So you have Mary comes to you, she's 45 years old and, um, and, and she goes, Hey, um, I'm e- I'm eating, a standard American diet and my thyroid is a joke right now. Um, how, what, what would, what would, uh, what would, what would you expect that, that to look like? Like, what are some indications of a poor thyroid and um, how is that typically improved over the course of three, six months of, of, of being on a carnivore diet in your experience? Yeah. So symptomatically, somebody might be experiencing um, weight gain or lack of weight loss, uh, insomnia, energy highs, energy lows, depending on where their thyroid is, uh, you know, 
at 45, you know, hot flashes, night sweats, like some of the maybe mood issues. Yeah, mood, irritability. Because yeah, I've had it too. It was it was before my first competition with, with without a coach and it was from doing way too much cardio. And yeah, my, my eating disorder was definitely bad around that time. That was before hiring a coach and before going carnivore. <laughs> right. So, yeah. you know, as far as like next steps, I would be, you know, you know, gluten, soy and dairy, definitely not, you know, not good for, you know, thyroid stuff going on. And then, you know, get the person into eating more whole foods, you know, taking, so this is a, a different scenario because someone that comes to me eating the standard American diet is going to be a different approach uh, from the get-go than someone who's come to who comes to me like keto or carnivore for a couple of years and still having those those uh, issues or those complaints. Um, because you know, for a lot of people, uh, keto and carnivore don't fix everything, and I think that's the sort of um, misinformation that's out there that if they just go keto or carnivore, then that's going to fix all their problems. And for some people it does, and that's fine. And that's great. Um, and I think that we just need to, you know, be real and tell people that for some people it doesn't. And for some people, they are going to have to do more things like checking blood work and figuring out what's going into why they're still having those symptoms. But back to your question, you know, starting them working towards that, you know, sustainability and results. So what does that look like? maybe lower, lowering their carbs, doing a gradual approach, like gradual or cold Turkey. It's going to depend on the person oh, yeah. for me. I did a gradual approach years and years ago. I think, you know, for you, did you go cold Turkey when you went to carnivore? Yeah. So eat? quitting carbs, like I, I have to, I have to quit it. Like I quit, um, like I quit eating Thanksgiving leftovers. Right. I definitely just have to quit cold Turkey. Exactly. So we're two like perfect scenarios of, you know, two different ways that worked for both of us, but cold turkey did would not have worked for me 16 years ago and you know obviously gradual wow. changes wouldn't that's have worked really, that's really interesting yeah because because the cold, cold turkey is the only approach that i teach when it, when it comes to cutting carbs it, like it, it's like it's like a band-aid just rip it off in in in, in my opinion but that's that's cut that's kind of hard for for some people to swallow starting in right like this and so I should just clarify um when i say gradual i'm talking about like I don't let them gradually quit cookies and ice cream. I help them to quit those foods, but gradually transition to the lower carb, like keto or carnivore, 20 grams of well, it's carbs. It's not like so much of a shock to their body. Right. So like some and they, people. And, they get, and then they get like the keto flu in their, um, and, and, and their potassium and sodium levels. They need to start supplementing. So, yeah. So we use electrolytes and some people, and I know this is unpopular, but we know I have some unpopular opinions. Like some people can tolerate some keto treats for a while and that helps them. They use that as a crutch and they can get off all the other stuff. And I am completely fine with that. Yeah. Um, because that, in my opinion, is way better than the real stuff. It's still a step in the right direction. hundred percent. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that that is, um, just frowned upon too much because again, if you have to be cold Turkey, then that's completely understandable. Um, a lot of us don't and have a lot of success with some of those, you know, type of foods as an interim to get to where they want to go. Yeah. Wow. That's re that that's, that's really, good. I, I like that approach. That's, 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 that's a way that I uh, personally, just to, to be completely honest, haven't coached anybody before our co-coach Mark from Ireland, Mark Ennis, um, He's the opposite. He never has anybody go cold turkey. What 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 you just described is really similar to his approach. And same thing. His clients are all kind of around the same, um, kind of the, kind of the same demographic. So, cool, good stuff. Um, would it be okay if we? I know I know this was like uh, sixteen subjects ago, <laughs> but we were talking about protein and fat ratios. Um, is that something that, that you would like to share more about? Like, I mean, how, how, how do you feel best with higher fat, higher protein works best for yeah. you? So I love this, like, you know, the great debate, we could be here for like the next 16 years. I feel like, oh yeah, no, there, there are, there, there are keto, like the, the, the keto cult and the hardcore carnivore cult, like they do not get along on this topic. <laughs> All right. So high fat, high protein. I think, um, they both work. And I think that they both work depending on the person, the background, their activity level, what their hormones are doing, what their gut is doing. So like some people can do high amounts of protein and have no problem. And then some people who do high amounts of protein have a ton of diarrhea. And then the same thing happens when they, when some people raise their fat is that 
then they start to have gut issues and then they start to have diarrhea problems too. Wow. Um, so, yeah. So I think, you know, just from like, uh, general, I'll just speak general for a second. So again, my, my clients, majority women, um, I do work with some men, but most of the clients that seek out my services and my coaching are women from the ages of 35 to 40. Mine too. They're so much nicer and easier to work with and they don't argue with you. (laughs) 65 to 70. Um, I think women in general, like they're just more apt to to go out there and get help when they're struggling than, you know, than men and all. Oh yeah. And guys have egos. We think we got it all figured out. (laughs) Exactly. Um, But, you know, but with that being said, you know, uh, the range that I do with my clients from protein to fat, it varies. So it might be, you know, 65% fat up to 80% fat, you know, and the protein is going to depend on the person, what their blood glucose is doing and everything in between. So I am, for me personally, I've done high fat with moments of high protein. Um, I've always been working out. I, you know, working out was never my issue, although too much cardio was my issue years and years ago, but you know, I've always been you know, since then, since I transitioned lifting weights and all of that. So, um, you know, I think for me and and high fat, because I used to struggle so much with excessive hunger and cravings, um, that was a really big key for me because I did a lot of like fat free diets and all of that. So I had a lot of cravings and the fat really helped me with that. Um, but just kind of in general is like, I don't, I think that I don't think one is better. I think one is better for whichever person it works for some people, feel fantastic on high fat and they can get their muscle gains on high fat and, and they feel amazing. And then others, again, they need that, you know, more protein, but they also have to, you know, for body composition and muscle building, like, what do you say? Like they need certain things in order to build muscle. That's a stimulus. That's lifting weights. That's a progression, yep. you know, thanks for the- remembering that by the way. <laughs> well, I, I say the same thing. But- <laughs> <laughs> you know, right. So you know, I think that there's just become so many things and it really is not just, is it high protein or high fat? Which one is it? Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm noticing a pattern in your answers to a lot of these questions. Inflammation and how to identify what's working and what's not working and all the things that you need to consider. At the end of the day, we're all made differently. And certain foods are going to agree with us and certain foods aren't and certain macros are going to work for you and certain certain ones aren't. And you're never going to know until you keep all variables the same and just change one thing at a time. Yeah. And I think that that's uh, that's a key. Like, I think that, you know, in the in this sort of like space of keto and carnivore, it's very tempting to change so many things because there's so much information and try this, try that, do this, don't do that. And we get lost in that. Yeah. I can't, tell me, I can't tell you how many people I got on an initial uh, session with and they're like, I just can't take the information. I just need you to tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, because they've tried so many things. They've tried to adapt so many things, whether it's worked or not worked or whether they haven't tried it for long enough, it still just ends up getting the waters get super muddy and it's you know not clear and it just gets confusing. Yeah. Okay. May, may I, um, I know you charge for your consultations. And so hopefully this doesn't, ho- hopefully you don't send me a bill for this one, but um, <laughs> I do have, I, I do have, I do have a, a serious question though. Okay. Um, I feel great and I love um, being in a chronic state of gluconeogenesis. So not even keto. And I'm talking protein north of 450 grams. Um, I'm aware that that creates more inflammation and I can feel the inflammation, but at the end of the day, I, I, I really, I, I really enjoy that. And I kind of prefer how I feel over keto. Um, I'm, I'm concerned about having that kind of inflammation for that long because I don't want to screw up my liver levels and I don't want to screw, I don't want my liver lipids to be too high. And I don't want, um, and I, and I don't want my, uh, the amount of creatine that I'm consuming to convert to creatinine. Those are kind of the two things that I'm nervous about. And of course it um, is easier to, to, to get sick and stuff um, when you're consuming that amount of protein, because then you're not even keto. You're not, you're not even running on fat so much as you are using pr- protein as a primary fuel source. Right. I've seen some of my fastest muscle growth doing it that way, faster than keto. Um, I also tend to retain a bit more water because of the inflammation. 
I'm curious if 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 you think that maybe that's something that I should maybe just pay some more attention to or if or or just back it off and never have protein that high. I'm really curious. So I would cycle that number one. Um, and number two, you could always consider blood work and to start looking at your blood work during those times and during times where you're not consuming all that, you know, all that protein and see what your body is actually telling you. So, you know, um, you know, my liver enzymes and kidney levels are going to be kidney markers are going to be different than yours at what would be considered a high amount. Right. So maybe your body processes that for lack of a better term at the moment, that's just use that as like a general word. Like maybe yeah. your body does process that high amount. Okay. And there wouldn't be as much of a need to cycle it. And maybe the next person who has your exact same stats and eats that amount of protein, you know, their kidneys can't take it, their liver can't take it. And, you know, that's when you see like the BUN goes up and all of these markers go up because it's too much for their body to process for whatever reason. Um, so I would say like, you know, if you're noticing inflammation and things that are indicating that there might be some, we'll just say negative stuff going on, then that's something to look at. But just in general, to see how it's functioning, um, I would want to defer to blood work and see exactly what's happening at those times. Um, and then again, I would cycle that. So it's, you know, maybe you're, you're not consuming that amount. And I think you do some, some cycling based on like how you do your prep and the macros and such. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, cycling that those numbers, you know, on and off, I think would be the best, uh, the best approach. Okay. That that's awesome. Yeah. Thanks a lot for that too. And, and, and of course I should have, I, I, sh I should have realized that going back to the pattern that I identified earlier <laughs> that, um, it's you're not you're not going to really know for sure until you check back a month later two months later is being in gluconeogenesis that long going to kill anybody no <laughs> i will say that in front of any doctor i don't care <laughs> but um but on a yeah no as as of lately i've been 250 protein and about 350 to 450 grams of fat and it's been helping me get into ketosis and so um just like day to day, I'm feeling better and having more energy, but ugh, the aesthetic side of it, it's like, okay, the long-term goal is definitely to be an IFBB pro. And so, um, pushing that, pushing that high protein is something that I want, I want to continue. So based on what you said, I'm thinking right now, um, yeah, it'll be, I should probably get my blood work checked in like a week or two after being sick and after having, you know, just given it some more time to see what it is and then go back to the high protein approach when I feel like it's the right time and then check my blood work then and, and, and see what the difference yeah, is. See what the differences are and then kind of go from there. That's what I would suggest would be a great approach. Cool. Awesome. Um, what, yeah. Cause, uh, Bart K was not happy to hear about me being in gluconeogenesis for the, for, for the, for that long. So I'm definitely going to run that by him again and, um, and, and see, and see, see, see what he thinks of what you just talked about. That'd be really cool. Okay. Um, trying to think of that. I think that's about that's about all the questions that were really really pressing that I was just dying to know answers to. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to that that you wanted to go over? Or? Oh, I think we covered a lot. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so anyway, Danny, I totally respect your time. Thank you so much for for coming on our show again, and for uh, and, and just and just for all of your expertise. Seriously, like this th this journal never leaves my side. I bring it to every single podcast, and uh, especially this one. I'm just run, running out of pages right now. So <laughs> thank you for 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 not just helping me, but like now I've got all this all, all, all this um you know more insight on areas that I can improve as a, as a coach and pass that along to my clients. And so I just really really appreciate that. And yeah, for everybody listening, um, if you haven't yet, please exit this podcast and go follow Danny on Instagram at carnivore.keto.fitness. Thank you so much, Colt, for having me. It was great being here. And then also my website is nutritionthenaturalway.com. So that's another way that people can reach out to me as well. Awesome. Thanks so much for that. Talk real soon, Danny. Thanks again for everything. Take care, Colt. Talk to you soon. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us for this entire episode with Danny Conway. I learned a ton and I hope you were taking notes because uh, if you're on video, check this out. Look at all the notes that I took on this episode from her. So anyway, uh, I can think of three or four of my of people that I'm training right now that are experiencing issues that she was describing that definitely need to hear this recording. So I'm going to publish this one as fast as I can and get it right over to them. Uh, but yeah, just thanks, everybody, for joining and 
think of someone that you know that really needs to hear that talk. Think of someone that you know that can, can benefit from treating their body better in terms of how they're eating, in terms of their health, in terms of their how they deal with stress, how they deal with anxiety. I mean, there is so much wisdom that we just covered and and, and, that, and, that, that, and that I'm just blessed that Danny was able to offer her time and, and be on our show and to be able to talk about that kind of stuff. So anyway, yeah. Thanks again, everybody. God bless. couple salty announcements and then we'll call it a wrap. All right. Salty announcement number one is a customer review from Mr. Mark down in Las Vegas, Nevada. He's been working with us for a couple weeks now excuse me, a couple months now and seeing great results. He's building muscle, burning fat at the same time. You should check him out on Instagram. I'm going to put that in the show notes as well, but he's a total salt nerd just like I am too. So he goes, uh, I think this is, this is what he has to say about the pink potassium cave salt. Uh, there's a one-to-one -one potassium ratio on this. So it's kind of one of my favorites and, and one of the ones with, that we usually recommend someone um, get started with when they're new to a meat-based diet, because it's not that your body is, it's not that a meat-based diet doesn't have the potassium requirements for the human body, but if you've been consuming a high carbohydrate diet, you might experience, uh, it might just take your body a little bit of time to adjust. Uh, but at any rate, that's something that I find helpful during the transition. And it's something that I use uh, about five grams every day personally. So he goes, I think I've used just about half the box already. I just weigh it out the night before and carry it around with me. I take a pinch of it throughout the day and down it with my water. I do that too. <laughs> it's an acquired taste, but especially if you're hydrating a lot, um, you want to be careful about flushing out your electrolytes. So keeping electrolytes in my water, that's kind of my workaround on that. He continues and goes, I, I, be I believe it has been helping me with energy levels. I stopped taking pre-workouts because they are messing with my sleep. I believe a few grams of, yeah, I, I, I definitely relate to him on that one. I believe a few grams of the salt before lifting helps me get a good pump without the carbs. Yep, that is definitely true. Our bodies need electrolytes to thrive, and this is the cleanest way to get those in. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate that a lot, Mark. And salty announcement number two of two is on the smoked flake river salt that Danny and I were discussing earlier on this episode. This one is going to go to her. <laughs> so that leaves me with one in stock. I was going to announce that we have a bunch more of these in stock, but uh, this, is a, this, this is a top seller. This is a popular one. So uh, fair warning, with the, with the smoked flake river salt, the... The smokiness doesn't really blow my skirt up. <laughs> um, it's it's the it's the texture that I really really love about this one. Also, fun fact about this one is it has a much lower sodium, about half as much sodium as most salts do, and so it's kind of hard to overdo it. If you're concerned about eating too much sodium, this one's um, th th this one this one's a good one in that in that case. So yeah, I like to put this on top of my steaks. I put it on top of my pork belly, chicken thighs. I mean everything that you guys see in my Instagram stories. Those of you that follow me there. Um, but yeah, Celtic Sea Salt Smoked Flake River Stock is in stock on our website at supersetyourlife.com. Um, got, our, got, all, got, got all of our Redmond salts in there too. Celtic Sea Salt Fine Gray, uh, Mac Eye Pure. Those are a lot of the other popular ones that we carry. And yeah, you can find all those at supersetyourlife.com. It'd be a wonderful way for you to support the show if that's something that you feel like you would like to do. Um, and I'd be honored to earn your business that way. So anyway. Thanks again, everybody. God bless. Catch you on episode 129. Let's go.